Welcome everyone to Overcome Podcast. This is episode 30 uh, and a lot of things we're uh, talking to you now. So to celebrate episode 30, I have here uh, my friend Alan Shabaro. Thanks a lot for being here, Alan. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Alan, uh, I'm going to start uh, this conversation be uh, talking about the main theme of this podcast is about overcome when and um when i met you uh, at uh, Eastside dojo um one of the things that we talked about was your last injury and uh, i th i'm not sure if it was neck or shoulder or both <laughs> but uh how was the the, the post-surgery uh rehab process um you own a, a bjj academy so it must be really hard for you to not be able to train how did you deal with that <sighs> Um, so actually it was both. <laughs> um, so I had surgery on my shoulder in, uh, June of, uh, 2019. Uh, initially went in for, um, just a, uh, clavicle, uh, shaving. Basically the, um, had been, uh, creating spurs from the, um, um, uh, calcium buildup, uh, from previous injuries. And, uh, I'm, very glad that I signed that uh, the waiver that if they found anything else wrong um, to go ahead and take care of it because it ended up being like almost like 10 or 11 things wrong so it had like a, a partially torn pack um, my bicep was torn um, labrum clavicle rotator cuff I mean there was a whole bunch of things wrong and uh, ended up getting a bunch of hardware in there as well um the uh, the the shoulder injury recovery after surgery was um, well, um, well I had surgery on my neck in September. Mm -hmm. um, that was for uh, C5, C6, and C7 damage, and I was actually done with my rehab for my neck before I was done with my rehab for my shoulder. So it was drastically longer and. Um, it just took so long to kind of recover from that. My neck recovery was much faster. Um, the how, how long total you were out? Um, so I was off the mats training um, for about seven months. And then um, I kind of slowly started getting there. I was like really skeptical um, of the, um, the durability of my shoulder. I mean, it was the first surgery I ever had. So I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And, um, yeah, so um, little by little, it just kind of got more comfortable with you know the the, the movement, uh, the uh, unorthodox mm -hmm. uh, movement that jujitsu has to offer, and uh, and you know, I was actually more comfortable with judo just because I wasn't doing any of the randori, but I was doing the uchikomi, and so that really was uh, it was very controlled, especially when you got a guruke, of course. Yeah. Um, jujitsu is a little bit um, a little bit. Well, it's, it's, as a sport itself, it's definitely more uh, low impact, but training-wise, it's still unpredictable, mm -hmm. you know, so you have to have a controlled partner as well, you know, good okay, even if you're just drilling some things. Um, Do you still have the hardware? Say again? Do you still have the, the hardware uh, on your shoulder, or you, did you remove? No, it's, it's permanent. It's permanent. So, uh, yeah, I got screws in there, so it's going to be there for a while. And uh, it, uh, did you feel any change as far as range of motion or anything like that? Or you feel like today it's like better than before? 
Yeah, the uh, the range of motion is still something. That, um, my mobility is just horrible still. Um, that's one of the things I focus on the most. It just um, it's it's been it's been a while uh, trying to get it to go. I mean, coming from an Olympic lifting background, you know, I was doing like clean and jerks, and that was part of my uh, general you know programming. Um, even off season, doesn't matter if it was judo, jiu-jitsu, what I was training for, I was still being incorporating Olympic movements. You know, you have the, you know, the the explosiveness and the, the high weight. You know, and if you incorporate that and you program that program it properly, then it makes for a phenomenal program that can um, definitely benefit jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably the closest thing. So the but, the um, mobility is something that you're still working on. You you, you feel like still. it's coming back, or yeah. it's just slow. It's just creeping slow. Um, it's I probably spend more time on mobility now than I ever have. Probably twice as much, and um, it just and I I want to be careful about it. The last thing I want to do is get another surgery, so it's taken much longer. But it's I mean starting out from I was doing like incline presses with a 12 ounce can and I, I still have it logged in my book that I was uh I actually couldn't finish the last set and we were talking about 12 ounces <laughs> so and that build up and build up so I'm definitely not where I was before but I'm leaps and bounds past 12 ounce cans so I'm, and, we, I'm and we are talking about how many months post-surgery now like more than a year right like yeah so we're going on uh about 19 months Wow, it's yeah. really long. It's really long. Yeah. But do you feel any pain? Um, no, not so much. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, that was actually the the biggest test is you know going into judo and and I think when you try to avoid getting thrown on your back and you try to reverse quickly. Um, when I did one of those and I didn't feel any impingement that was a really huge sense of security and I can actually feel a lot more comfortable training from that point on. That was huge because you open up and you flail out, mm-hmm. you know, with the explosion when you have someone on top, usually that puts more pressure down. Yeah. So uh, the worst situations, I think that's probably one of them. And, you know, it felt fine after that. So, and I haven't had issues since. So the mobility is definitely working out. It's just not as quick as I'd like it to be. Yeah, and and based on what you said, his injury was not a particular event that caused it. Was more like over time, right? Yeah, it was. Um, so several different things. Um, so the first time was actually uh, was deployed to Iraq, and um, it was uh, 2007, and uh, we're um, headed to a um, uh, we're on mission, headed out, and and on the way out there was. Um, um, ID that went off in between the vehicles, but it was um, not didn't hit the vehicles. It was in between. We veered off, and I was in the top in the turn. I braced with my right arm, you know, for the impact because the uh, the vehicle was actually going in a ditch. And so I mean, you're thinking 40 miles an hour, then dead stop. Mm-hmm. And I braced with my arm, and it just jolted really bad, Ooh. bad back. Um, so that was the first time that it got got hurt. And I remember. Um, but it was strange because, you know, a few days later it was fine. Um, I really didn't feel it kick in until about, um, well, about six years ago when I was still, oh, seven years ago when I was big into Olympic lifting. And uh, I did a, um, I was trying to do a personal record max and, you know, 
just jerked it up and for some reason it was just a bad angle or um i was leaning one side too much i'm not quite sure but i felt it jar back down again almost the same way like there was no support mm-hmm. dropped the weight and then that was the other thing and then even more so than into judo a couple of times smaller ones but as they stack up that's where the damage was coming in so i went from having full range of motion to like okay three quarter range of motion well that's fine i can still train it's a halfway i'm like yeah if i just modify this i can still train and down to here i'm like well i can't even lift up the you know my bed sheets anymore but i can still train if i just tuck this side in until this point where like I can't do anything, you know. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm assuming that every time was getting worse. Not only the range of motion, but also the pain, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was it was uh, getting more fr- That would probably like increase the frustration, just because you want to do it and you can't do it, and the more you try to do it, the more your body tells you not to do it, and so yeah, a lot of inner conflict. <laughs> so. Um... How, you already said that they come back to train after the injury. You were a, a bit skeptical. Um, when you came back, did you start first lifting weight or you just went back straight to BJJ or judo? No, I think it was um, um, it was a combination of judo and weightlifting. Um, and I was saying that, you know, having a controlled partner where I could do good smooth pulls um, and kind of regulate it was was really 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 um uh, uh a huge motivator kind of okay i'm back on the mats now um but it was always supplemented with the weightlifting and and a lot of band and mobility work um and then later on you 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 went back to bjj yes yeah so i was teaching for a while and that's kind of a little bit you know i was you know reintegrating myself back in by by teaching first mm-hmm. and and you know, not, not playing around on the mats at all, but, um, that, that way, you know, I have, you know, someone that's, you know, understands that, you know, they're cooperative as I'm teaching. So I have a few, you know, really good, uh, demonstrators and that. So that's a lot more controlled. So would you say that for you to be fully back on Judah and BJJ, you're talking about probably 10 months? Um, how long it took? Um, yeah, because you said you said that you went back to train after seven months, but it, you didn't. Yeah. It was not Randori or anything, so probably it took a, two more months for you to feel comfortable and start doing it. Yeah, it, it took about well, actually about four more months. Oh. Um, yeah, it took a while for me to kind of get comfortable with that, and especially. Uh, well, it took me about two, two, three months for getting back to training, and then as soon as I felt good training, I mean, the natural, the logical step is to compete, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I had to go compete. <laughs> yeah, and and I was actually looking at uh, some of the numbers here, and uh, looks like your last IBJJF tournament was in 2017, but this year you already fought and won the fight to win 164. Do you have any plans to go back to IBJJF tournaments, or are you focused on judo uh, now? So, um, yes. <laughs> um, my my goal was uh, that I set out about eight years ago was to um, medal in a in a high level tournament in two different sports in one year. Um, I initially tried to do that with um, um, Olympic lifting and uh, jujitsu, 
And uh, the closest that I came was silver medal at Pan Ams and then silver medal at American National, excuse me, um, American Masters Nationals um, for weightlifting. So I never really achieved it. So the goal this year is is judo and jiu-jitsu. So um, Reno um, is hosting uh, the senior nationals. So goal is to try to medal or win on that one. And then the um, world's master's worlds that's going to be uh, usually is held in vegas but they've been changing around due to COVID. yeah, yeah last, last year was actually uh in florida orlando yeah but I, that's, I think, that's right i think this year will be will be back to vegas uh looks <laughs> like from what i heard yeah. uh, so did you did you avoid uh when on this uh, rehab all the way back did you avoid some specific movements in the beginning uh, that you you felt you were using a lot of shoulders and you were not comfortable. Did you adjust your game, build a new game, or you went back to do what you you like to do? No, it was it, it was definitely um, it, it turned out to be a permanent change, not in a bad way. But um, my right side was always my dominant side, and I had to make modifications because it wasn't that anymore. So now I have an unorthodox pass. Um, passing system game, you know, to the uh, the it's not very common passing to the right. It's much more common when you pass to the left. Um, but um, that's how we developed uh, a a a lot of that uh, strategy to be able to pass to the right. And I'm still comfortable passing to the left. So the only thing it did was actually increase. Um, but but it, in judo, you're not lefty, are you? I am. Oh, but okay. <laughs> Interesting. Now, yes, um, I started about a year ago. Uh, switched to lefty, so I was righty for for years, and um, and I couldn't use that. I mean, it just kind of freaked me out. If I imagine someone like yanking on your shoulder, you know, trying to you know get rid of grips or something happened, so that just kept running in my head. So I just switched left side and uh, started developing my game left side. That must be tough to change completely all stance and everything. Um, it, it actually, to be honest with you, it, it didn't feel too bad. Um, so I'm left leg forward for wrestling. So it was, um, it kind of fell back into that. Mm. You know, so my first type of stand up was, was wrestling. I never wrestled in, in like officially like in school or, um, for like wrestling competitions. I only trained wrestling with Yusuf. Um, just to better my jiu-jitsu but um, I, I did that for years and I mean left leg forward I was was most comfortable for me so the only thing that you so, had to adjust was your left grip which was not your dominant one yeah left grips and um, and relearning you know the, uh, the the high pull kazushi that was that was the other thing because that's still a lot in the right shoulder mm -hmm. so that did take a lot a lot more Nice. That's uh, that's very cool. Um, you train a, a broad spectrum of uh, operators during uh, deployments to Iraq uh, in support to the uh, Operation Iraq Freedom. Uh, that includes U.S. Army Special Force, Army Rangers, U.S. Navy, Marine. So while you were training then, uh, I believe it was more towards self-defense, things like that, specific scenarios. Uh when you think about uh, those people that you train, 
what's really uh, some of the attributes of those guys that you carry on to the mat, uh, not only from the mindset perspective, but the approach to things? There is anything in, in particular that you bring it back uh, uh, to the mat when you are, for example, training or preparing to a fight? Um, the, um, the mindset, um, I mean, for uh, the, one of the most common things that you hear, um, as an operator, especially when you're like a assaulter and, and that type of, uh, door kickers, um, you know, unit, um, whenever you're doing that is uh, speed surprise and violence of action. Um, so, you know, the, the you know, speed of the movement of the, you know, the cell being able to enter the room, flood it, um, and cover all the corners. Um, and, you know, the surprise element, you know, of it is, you know, basically that the strategy you always have, you're, you're one of one up already. And the violence of action is, you know, hit hard and, you know, don't leave any misunderstanding, you know, for what you're doing basically. Um, I definitely carry that same mentality into jujitsu. Um, uh, it just, it, it, you know, establish your grips, get to take down, you know, be first, get out there, you know, get on top. Um, I, I been a huge advocate against, you know, pulling guard. Um, I understand, you know, the rationale behind it, you know, for sport, getting back to, you know, it, again, just sport, but, um, I still like to maintain the self-defense aspect of it while training and competing in sport. Mm -hmm. You can still get two points for takedowns mm -hmm. in, in any jiu-jitsu competition, and they're starting to actually um, award more points now. Like, for example, uh, Jiu-Jitsu World League is offering four points for a high uh, over-the-hip throw. So, but there's no points for pulling guards. So there's really no downside in training takedowns, except yet, you know, the instructor has to be humble enough to learn something that he's probably not good at. And everyone has to go through that. To learn, to be proficient enough to teach, you have to be able to, you know, learn it and learn it proficiently enough to teach it. Yeah, that's a very interesting attribute uh, because mainly for judo, because you actually can get a penalty shido if you don't attack. So you've got to be very offensive. Yeah. So surprising with, you know, the, um, you know, whatever technique that you're doing and, you know, the violence of action, it, it doesn't necessarily have to, you know, narrow to one thing, but in jujitsu, it's the same thing. Make sure that you're passing, you're passing, you know, with a purpose. Um, same thing in judo, you know, you're, you're trying to get that epon. So, you know, if you're stuck in that half, half, Osorogari, you know, whoever's going to be, you know, more violent in their action, more, more driven, more willed is going to, you know, take the win out of that. And that happens quite often. Yeah. And, and actually on your last fight, uh, on fight to win, it was interesting because you had like at least four or three takedowns, uh, on the guy I was watching and, uh, but uh, it almost felt to me that's, <laughs> and, and sorry if I'm wrong, but it almost felt to me that this, this is all you wanted to do because the guy was standing up and you were almost like allowing him to stand up. <laughs> was that a strategy or something? <laughs> so uh, um, what I've been really focused on this year was judo nationals. And so the, uh, the opponent that I had confirmed that I was getting ready for um, 
had to cancel the night before. So this guy took up uh, his fight, but I'd been getting ready for a judo match. And um, so I was like, okay, this happened to me before um, my last one as well. Uh, the person I was supposed to fight uh, didn't show up and you know, had to you know, change opponents, but now I don't have you know, much time to train for a specific opponent. So, <laughs> um, so it was a strategy. First, <laughs> yeah. So the first time it was still a, you know, you know, you know, you know, I took him down and, um, he wanted to stand back up. I was like, well, oh, okay, let's do that. Sure. No problem. <laughs> so we wanted to go stand up again. Um, so the first one was kind of sloppy. Um, it was like a lazy society. Um, the second one, um, was a uh, a pseudo Ken Ken Osoto. Um, the third one was was the one that I really liked was um, uh, Ashiguruma. Um, yeah, it was good that one because you actually established control, went to north south. <laughs> oh, that was the Sasai. Oh, the, yeah, uh, but it was like inverted, right? Yeah, it was a Sasai. Yeah, it was. It was. That's what I mean. It, for some reason, uh, it, it was. If you actually look at the uh, the comment section, you know. Um, It was uh, Flow Grappling says, "Can you know judokas? Can you name this throw?" Mm -hmm. And um, you have you know two dozen different answers. Everything from Yoko Tomonagi to um, and it, there's some small attributes to each one of them. You know, so like could be that. And to be honest with you, it was just something that you know I saw an opportunity to take both his feet out. So that very similar to um, you know, Diashi. And you know, I had the elbow, and I you know anchored down the other side, so it's very similar to Sasai. Right. But landed on my side, so that was like um, um, uh, um, a, a um, something like a, a Tomonagi. Right. Uh, Yoko Tomonagi sideways. So there was a lot of different ways to to to. Um, you know describe it but um it was interesting to see that but it is uh it is valid to say that in in any moment of that fight you were not really looking to submission right i mean it was very clear that you were not really looking no, no, to no, no. there was when there was 30 so mike was supposed to be calling out time and i didn't hear him at all the only time i heard him was 30 seconds so that last one was that was the one i tried to that was the society one and you know i was trying to get on top and try to get submission i was like oh shit 30 seconds oh okay so, That, that yeah, I was going to do all takedowns until I had a minute left, and then, but I didn't hear a minute, so it was just 30 seconds on that. But I love the stand up, I really do, and you know, that's what he wanted to do, so I was totally for that. No, that's that's very that's very cool. I watched that and I was like, wow, that's an uh, interesting strategy. Looks like he's just practicing <laughs> judo here, <laughs> and uh. With all the experience that you have competing, being deployed, do you still get a little bit nervous before a fight, uh, or are you like business as usual? Um, I mean, there's always. Uh, I think that's the 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 reason why I kind of like doing it is that that little bit of adrenaline pump that goes. But uh, you know, after you know, started competing in jiu-jitsu, um, ninety. Eight, so, um, and I've been competing like on stage um, for about six years now. Mm -hmm. So, um, the first time I was rattled by it, it was uh, it was really unique and it was a whole other experience. 
um, after that, it just became the norm and I was totally fine with it. Um, but, um, not it's, there's, there's always, uh, that a little bit of nervousness that, uh, you know, for, you know, I want to do my game mm-hmm. and I'm worried about what I'm going to be doing more than what's going to be happening. You just want, you know, just, you want to perform well. So was this, was this also the same type of uh, mentality that you had when you came back after the surgery on your first tournament or you, or when you came back, you were a little little bit more afraid to, to re-injury. Um, to be honest with you, once, um, once I actually got on stage, um, I really wasn't even thinking about it. Um, I, I think it was, uh, I, I think the training and, you know, those, um, those milestones, I guess, kind of like, you know, reversing out of a throw, um, those little milestones were, were key to my comfort level. By the time I got on stage, it just really didn't feel like, you know, there was anything, uh, anything to worry about anymore because I already been through, the scenarios that were going to be the worst thing for it. So by the time I got there, um, I, uh, I consciously did even, you know, wasn't even thinking about it. Interesting. You started, uh, training Olympic weightlifting in 2012 and then four months later you were already competing. And then one year later you were already setting, uh, records, uh, clean jerk, uh, on the USAW Texas state championship Mm -hmm. on the master division. When you were prepping for weightlifting, did you stay practicing judo in BJJ uh, or you were 100% focused on weightlifting? Because there's a lot of debate about training like three sports at the same time, you end up not being really good at one. Uh, so did you slow down on BJJ and judo to focus on weightlifting or not really? Um, um, and you're, you're right about that. Um, this was before I didn't start judo until, uh, 2016. Um, and that was after, a you know, I was at the finals match for the Pan Ams and, um, with his grips, he was literally able to shut my entire takedown game down. So he just shut it down with, with grips and it was crazy. And, um, after that about that wasn't going to happen again. But, um, so I started lifting, um, let's see, 20, yeah, 20, holy shit, dude, that was a long yeah, time Yeah, 2012, yeah, April, April 2012. Yeah. Um, so let's see, 2012, and then, um, so I was only doing, uh, weightlifting and jiu-jitsu at the time. Um, now, you're absolutely right in the fact that, uh, I, I that year, that was the closest that I got was silver. And I always kind of think back, wondering if I had not. Uh, so I was trying to shift best I could. Um, but uh, Olympic weightlifting, there's, you know, you're doing a thousand lifts to get one right, um, but you're doing those in small increments, mm-hmm. you know, three, four at a time, uh, working on form and precision of that lift, and, um, you know, duplicate it. And um, so when you're competing just for Olympic lifting, um, it's not very conducive to uh, uh, jiu-jitsu because you need a lot more of that explosiveness and then followed by um, um, an anaerobic peak, you know, followed right behind it and then a drop and then a peak again, you know. So 
Um, it's very consistent. The workouts usually last about two, two and a half hours um, just because you need to rest in between them, um, which doesn't really uh, duplicate the, the um, what you need to have on the mats. Mm-hmm. So if I would have had that, I honestly think that I would have won one of the other um, because, I mean, I came in uh, really close uh, on both. I just just was missing that little bit and it was on me 100% of course but uh, you know I felt like that was that was my way of doing it that was my way of uh, being able to compete in both is something similar to that that would benefit Mm -hmm. and they're two entirely different sports yeah Uh, Yeah, because uh, I would imagine that for weightlifting mainly on that level you need more rest uh, but you never had rest because you were rolling and that's a lot of cardio so your recovery was not really 100 percent it's it's really tough to do both yeah now 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 bjj and judo is a little bit more similar yeah it is um and um that's that's why i think you know having this this goal um this year is um it's more realistic yeah yeah now with uh with, I'm 46, and uh, I always say that it's beautiful when people say that age is just a number. And I used to say that a lot, <laughs> but uh, I've been noticing that it's not really just a number. It takes more time to recover. Uh, you get way more beat up after hard training. How do you deal with that? Do you take days off, or do you train every day? So I, I definitely had to... Uh... Uh, get away from three a days. So whether it be like uh, jujitsu, I used to do jujitsu, judo, weightlifting. Um, hell, sometimes I'd even do two jujitsu, you know, in one day. So four sometimes, you know. And what I realized is that I'd have a good day on that, and everything else uh, uh, subsequently after was going to be just garbage, just because I wasn't recovering. So I felt that if I got two solid workouts in a day. Um, my recovery was better and my performance and longevity of that performance was better uh, in the long run so I just started sticking to two a days and I just you know have to resist the urge to, to jump on the mats you know so it's difficult to do when you're around it all the time you know if you're not around it it's one thing but you're literally like on the mats in a gi ready to go mm-hmm. you know and then people are asking you're like hey you want to roll I'm like yeah I do but I <laughs> But so so general, so nowadays you do what two two days in a week uh, of jujitsu in a week and then two days of judo and then lifting every day. How is your regimen today? Um, so usually be um, um, I lift in the morning um, and I try to lift about four or five days a week and um, uh, I try to get a minimum of three. So the average is four um, and then doing judo three times a week. And then jujitsu four times a week. Oh, that, so, that's a lot. Yeah. But again, always like no more than two a day. So it, uh, as long as it's spread out, then I'm good to go. But when you say that you do uh, jujitsu four uh, days a week, are you st- uh, talking about four full training of rolling and, and multiple rounds and all that? Um, sometimes, yeah. Um, and again, it it's also depends. I've learned to um, listen to my body. <laughs> so it'd be some days, you know, where I'm, you know, you know, lift. I just have like one workout, and but you know, throughout work, and then, 
you know, whatever stresses come up and then teach again and just, okay, I'm just burnt out. So, you know, I'm still listening to that. That's a big, uh, one of the biggest changes that I had um, is just listening to my body. You know, if I feel like shit, don't try to push through it because it's just going to make it worse. Yeah. So that was a big, big catalyst in my uh, understanding of recovery. Yeah, the good thing about uh, going through all this is that you, you learn a lot about uh, how your body responds and how to actually listen and say better to step away a little bit, better to not train today because I had a, a good lift and now I feel a little bit sore. Um, that's a good point. Now, when I interview uh, in this podcast uh, Jimmy Pedro and we were talking about some attributes of uh, the people that he coached in the past, like Ronda Rousey, Trev Stevens, and others. Jim emphasized a lot about the mindset attribute to be a champion. And um, in your opinion, what is really the biggest attributes that you consider for an individual to succeed in the sport of uh, BJJ or Judo? Is it uh, really the mindset? Is it discipline, talent, hard work, all together in, a, in something more? Um, I mean, think uh, the mindset um, would be the the umbrella for the discipline and the um, the motivation. Um, I think, uh, especially as we get older, the motivation is definitely a key thing to, to keep, you know, and and to hold on to. That's that's a difficult one, um, especially when you have again multiple things, you know, family and work and. And these are still realities that you have to deal with. So it's, um, well, I mean, it also depends on, you know, the support system as well, of course. And so if you have a good support system, then, you know, you can do a lot more. Um, but I think that's one of the monumental differences that, you know, from when you're young until when you're older is, you know, your life's responsibilities, but the mindset of it still remains the same. You know, you still have that that drive, that motivation, um, and that you know one of the biggest things was um, just never never quitting. You know, that's that makes for you know the most dangerous opponent you can ever have is the one that just gets up and just comes back at you. Um, so having that um, that you know never quit mentality is is. Um, definitely one of the um the the key components to what i have is just i've been through worse i can make it through this mm -hmm. and that's what kind of gets me going um yeah i, I, I can i can that, imagine that for example during the seven months post-surgery that you had you had a lot of uh, time to reflect about that and and you were in this mix of hungry to get back but also um uh, having to hold on because you could do anything H how was your mindset at that time were you uh pissed were you very patient or how was uh, the most most frequent was frustrated yeah. um so i mean the hard part was you know i was going i, I would be doing uh, i have a, a 385 excuse me, a 385 pound clean, you know, and now I'm struggling with 95 pounds, you know, and, you know, so knowing that you had the ability to do certain things, you know, like, you know, I was just getting under and, 
you know, I never maxed out on bench, but the last time I was on the you know, bench before I had surgery and I was actually, you know, consistently lifting was, you know, 365 for three. But it wasn't like in my, you know, in the list of things that I was doing because it was more, mainly like Olympic programming. Um, so it, it was, um, it, it was frustrating because I knew I was capable of more and I knew what that felt like. And now this feels, you know, very similar to the heavy weight, you know, that I was doing before. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, so the minds games are, you know, to me was like one of the hardest things getting past that going, this is only temporary, going to push through it, push through it, you know, little by little. So it's, it's been, um, that's to me, it has been the, probably the hardest part was the frustration and getting past knowing that you've done more like a tremendous amount more and you have to kind of like restart and do the whole thing. Like all oh, that work that you did is just gone and you have to redo it now, but you just buckle down and start redoing it. You do know? you feel like you are there already or you think, you think that you still have to improve just to be the <laughs> level that you were before? Uh, -uh. uh, I got, a, I got a long ways to go still. I'm getting there. I am. Um, I'm, I'm really, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, pat myself on the back on these things because you have to enjoy this you know this small victories mm -hmm. but you know i'm i'm really happy with the, the progress that i've made and how i'm making it and uh you know being able to you know consistently do what i'm doing um as well as compete and get ready for you know major competitions um you know and still holding everything together so i'm i'm, I'm happy with it you know it's going better and better so nice very cool Uh, during this uh, this time, the only thing that you probably had control was your diet, right? So during those seven months, how how did you control the diet, or you just let it go and ate everything? Because I, I'm assuming that you you try to at least stay in a good shape. Yeah, yeah, that was the goal. Yes, um, and I have to completely admit that it didn't go that way at all. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. It was, uh, I lost my bearing on that one and I literally just ate whatever I wanted, you know, it was in that, um, uh, I mean, I, for four months, I think I couldn't do anything, but even like I couldn't even walk more than 20 minutes. So everything that I had used to relieve my, my stress and, you know, the, you know, the, that shit in my head, you know, that was through jujitsu. That was through lifting, you know, releasing that anger. Mm -hmm. And when I don't have release, I got to bottle it up. When I bottle it up, it just ferments, you know, into depression. And so that was, you know, no boo hoo. I'm not, you know, but it just, that's what I was, I mean, I had no, no release for months. Right. So you gain weight. So I just fucked up some food. I mean, I just tore it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like tortas every day, and I mean, I, I'm telling you, I just tore it up every day. <laughs> wow! So how how much weight did you did you gain uh, when you came back? Uh, about forty forty pounds. Really? Wow! Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I feared no food. I just I went to town. And and uh, and once you get back, I mean, did you lose this like immediately? Because that's another thing, right? After 40s, I feel like our metabolism is not the same. So to lose weight is hard. At least to me, it's way harder than it was six years, seven years ago. 
Sure. Oh, it definitely took a lot more, but also, you know, the, the one thing I have going for me as I got older was my discipline was getting better. Um, so once I was actually able to even just start doing mobility work um, and just getting into doing some Wichikomi, that was a huge relief for me. Um, and that kind of like allowed me to be able to, okay, I can take a breather now, you know, I have some relief going, okay, now I need to focus on my discipline, on my eating. Um, and um, I just started cleaning up my diet some, um, just not overdoing it like I was. And um, it didn't take that long. I mean, I mean, definitely not like we were saying before. I mean, not like when I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, it was consistent. And um, you, you, and were, so now, you were doing more protein uh, to, to cut um, during this time? Um, so it's uh, I was taking in about um, and I regularly take in about 180 grams of protein a day um, just something where um, you know what I've read is you know you know the whole protein thing you know one pound you know two grams per pound mm-hmm. or um, I've actually what I've been reading is um, it's actually 0.8 um, per kilo um, and I started adopting that uh, formula in my my uh, uh, when I started changing up my diet, and it actually works better for me. So um, I started taking in less protein, and I was you know feeling better. But uh, did you increase uh, to compensate? Did you increase the carbs or the fat? Um, it was more on uh, well, more on the carbs on the side, yeah. Um, um, but there was an increase on both, but more more on the carbs, yeah. um, and that was just initially, so I could kind of like curve down, mm-hmm. and then the carbs started going away. Um, but that was kind of like the, my way of doing it. It wasn't like uh, okay, I'm going to start today and cut everything out as a gradual, you know, four or five months, um, and that's what made it a lot more tolerable too. So I started out with a lot more carbs um, to make up for that. And then um, you know, the fats, and then as it started kind of going, it was the carbs that were going down, the fats were increasing, you know, because I was working out more, so I needed more energy. Yeah, because I think that you are on the on, under the IBJJF, you are on super heavy, so you didn't really have to cut weight any, right? You always were on the same weight that you compete for the most for the most part, right? Um, usually about six or seven pounds over. Um, that's usually where I hover at now. Um, I've been at that weight for probably about like five, six years now, uh, minus the my my little fatty extent after surgery. So, <laughs> um, so you say five, six without the gi, right? What's that? Uh, five or six uh, without the gi, when, because uh, you probably have to cut eight pounds because you have to wait with the gi, right? Yeah. So usually, um, um, when it's time for me to compete, I got to drop uh, about ten pounds total. Because I like to be uh, two pounds just in case, so I add you know two pounds under the weight and then two pounds as a um, um, just in case two pounds. So um, I usually walk around two thirty seven, two thirty eight, and I try to drop down to two eighteen. Oh, okay. uh, and so is, they, they, is that your weight right now? No, no, no. My weight right now is about two thirty two this morning. Okay. And is this going to be the same weight you're going to compete uh, in Reno? Yeah, I'm doing the uh, the 100 kilo. 
So you don't need to, to lose anything? No, I'll be dropping uh, about eight more pounds. Um, but it's also easier there because um, it's the day before. So I can even, you know, you know, do a lot of water weight and just regain that the night of. Yeah. And no ghee requirements. So there's a lot more advantages to weighing, uh, doing, making weight in judo. Yeah, you can even carb up on the night before. And, yeah. And... No, that's... Uh... That's good. And and how's the prep for for this tournament? Um, it's going well. Um, um, I, I mean, definitely would like to make it more, um, more judo. Um, but obligations, you know, teaching jujitsu at the same time as um, as the judo classes. So, um, as it gets closer, I'm going to try to make it a little bit more. Um, I might try to get someone to cover for me uh, once a week or so so I can get down there and actually train in the evenings and add one more day. That'd be nice to do. But uh, if not, then I just try to make it up with the lifting and then, you know, maybe get some drills in with some of my students. Uh, from the cardio perspective, since you know both sports, which one do you believe is uh, is more intense on cardio? Is Randori or Rose? I have hard, mm-hmm. I have hard time to answer that question myself. <laughs> I honestly think it, it just depends on your your game um, and also how you react to someone else's game. Um, it's 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 uh, one of those things that you feel compelled to kind of match someone's speed if they're going fast to at least to counter it. So you're going to have to speed up your game. Um, my mentality is I like to push, 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 and try to catch them on a mistake. Um, you know, try to force them up to the ring and force them back in and try to catch them when they're coming back in. Um, that's the, 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 the mindset that I've always had is just constantly, you know, pushing the opponent, you know, to the point where, you know, the analogy I like to use is, you know, a lot of people's game is like a, you know, like a revolver where they, you know, fire and then reload, fire and reload. But if you have like big game, you know, where you have, you know, constantly attacking like a machine gun, just firing, you know, attacks constantly. It might dodge two or three of them, but eventually you're going to get caught. And so, and that's one of the big reasons why, you know, you have to have, you know, really good conditioning to have that, that, that type of game mm-hmm. and that much. Yeah. But the guys, uh, and I think you are referring way more to judo than BJJ when you're talking about that, right? Because on BJJ, you can slow down, you can stall more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can hold more position and then, you know. That depends on your opponent, though. Well, you it, try to hold them down. But the thing is, if your opponent is constantly trying to work, you know, work out, you're going to have to work as well. I do agree with you. There are a lot of ways of kind of like pinning your opponent. Um, but um, I, I definitely think they're different now sport-wise. Um, I definitely agree with you that jiu-jitsu is way is slower, way slower than judo. I mean, because in judo, if you're not pushing the action, then you're going to get penalized. Right. So, and in jiu-jitsu, it they're a lot more liberal with that call. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll be in these, you know, as long as you're moving an inch or two, that's still moving in their eyes. So they'll allow it. But um, in judo, if you're not attacking. Or if you're not countering from an attack, if there's no movement, then they're quick to, to you know call a penalty. Yeah, I've seen I've seen jujitsu fights where the guy hold the other one on, in guard for like four minutes and only attack on the last you yeah. know last minute. 
and and yeah. that's okay. You don't do that on judo. <laughs> yeah, and so sport wise, when you know in competition, I definitely think that uh, judo is is a lot more demanding. Yeah, the advantage is when you go to a guy on your weight division, those guys are not really that fast, right? It's not like you are Randori with Alex, your student. <laughs> she is super fast. Yeah. Uh, but the guys uh, uh, on your division probably are not that fast. Um, I'd like to say so, but the I've met some really fast guys. Um, heavyweights, um, heavyweights. That comes to visit. I don't know if you've met him. Um, that guy's ridiculously fast, and he's in hunt, you know, hundred kilo. Wow. Um, there was uh, Neomocher's um, one of his teammates. Um. He was fast. Um, he just wasn't. Uh, I don't know one on his on his A game, I guess. But um, I, I've met several that now majority. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just don't know what to expect at this high level of judo. I've never competed at this level, so I honestly don't know if they're going to be fast or slow. Because I mean, you go to Masters Worlds, and you know, you go into the Masters Four division, and these guys are just ripped with six packs, and you know, everyone's in shape, ready to go. You know, and then you have, of course, the, a couple of frumpies, you know, here and there. But for the most part, it's you know, when you get to that high level, you know, these guys are athletes. Yeah. You know, they're getting ready for it. They're training. They're eating properly. They're you know they're they're athletes. You know they're competitive athletes, and you know and so they they do their due diligence to to be in the best shape that they can, and you see that at the high levels, and so that's what I'm gearing my mindset for is the you know the the best shape opponent that I can imagine. And as you said, you you really have to take care of your game. You should not really be too concerned about what the other guy is going to do. I mean, you do you do your homework, and uh, as long as you do your part, you should be fine. Um, as long, so, um, I always do is, uh, I do a lot of homework is to make sure that, um, be aware of, you know, what they like to do. Cause everyone has, you know, their favorites and their, their strategy. And so in order not to get sucked into theirs, that's where I do a lot of the homework is, um, to make sure I know that, um, um, you know that they have like a they try to surprise you with um, you know left side attack instead of a right when they're a righty you know they'll switch stance or they're you know um, seonagi heavy you know they love doing the drop seonagi yep. or something so in order to make sure it doesn't catch you off guard because I mean let's face it you know the surprise aspect in judo is is one of the, the the top three components necessary for you know a, a win is you know the surprise aspect the own strategy you know the the proper kazushi with you know followed by the you know the technique mm -hmm. so those three things you know are the you know each in in their own respect you know the most important is Re is reno gonna be your first national level uh, judo competition or you've done other one yep nope first one <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And is that so that is 40, in May, right? One. That is gonna be May, right? Yes, uh, May fifteenth uh, through the seventeenth. Because I remember you told me that you did uh, last year. You did one by was loco. I think it was the Lone Star, right? Um. So the one I did the year before was uh, Houston. Yeah. So I did the President's Cup. I did Houston. 
Um, and I did, um, uh, there's one other one. Um, I think it was Lone Star, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. It probably was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. I think you got uh, your your professor on the finals, something like that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. Because I, I guess they, so in jiu-jitsu, you know, you, it's, you, you bow out to your coach. Yep. It's just, that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. And so I did the exact same thing. And apparently in judo, that's no, it's, it's looked at as like disrespectful. I was like, I, oh shit, no, no, <laughs> that's not what, you know, so I didn't know this until after, you know, I was just doing what I thought was right. And, you know, bowing out to my coach, mm-hmm. you know, cause he taught me no, but. Uh, parents looked at as if you don't fight them then it's disrespectful well, but I didn't know that either that's interesting I, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah as you said in jiu-jitsu if uh, if both teams gets in the in the, in the finals they just split the, the first place yeah or that that's fine um, yeah but that referee was I, mean, I was walking off and he was saying that so I was like oh, I didn't know so be it But yeah, you know, splitting it or or even bowing out. There's guys that I have been friends with for a long time, and we compete in the same weight division. If we cross paths, I'll bow out or they'll bow out. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's it's no loss. It's the same thing with people that I you know I'm friends with. So yeah, I think I, I think is a is a really sign of respect. I like that actually. All right, uh, Alan. Um, let me just uh, finish here. I, I think I have one more uh, question here. You at the beginning of the uh, the podcast, you said that you started weightlifting to develop strength and explosion uh, to actually utilize uh, on BJJ. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and now that you are not competing on weightlifting, there are any specific exercises that you like to do more that are that you can utilize uh, uh, in BJJ and judo like do you prioritize like things like deadlifts squats there are some core exercises that you always gonna do because you think it's beneficial for BJJ or judo so the the three key um, lifts that I could suggest Squats, and I mean all ranges of squats, wide squats, narrow squats, weighted squats, banded squats, chain squats, box squats, front squats, back squats, you know, all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can alternate between them. Um, deadlifts, um, you know, you know, the, uh, you know uh, wide stance, narrow stance, you know, um, hand, both hands over, both hands under, alternating grips. Um, deficit deadlifts um, trap bar uh, yeah trap bar uh, all variations of them absolutely deadlifts um, and if you can um, get the technique down first and I, I, I'm emphasizing that if you can get the technique down uh, cleans to me are probably one of the most uh, beneficial lifts that you can incorporate um, along with um, um, well like snatch uh, so you can do snatch pulls um, and to imitate that same movement with a wide grip and then full cleans um, could definitely get a lot more weight 
um, and do full cleans and carry it instead of dropping it for the uh, pulls. I have a hard time doing those because I have a uh, uh, tennis elbow uh, on both of my elbows and it kind of yeah. kind of hurt. Uh, so I, I try to avoid uh, those movements. It's just not good on my elbows for some reason. Then I would then I would stick to definitely the uh, squats and deadlifts. Yeah. The variation of that it's a lot more controlled. Now on this squat, uh, uh, are you in favor of forty five degrees or as to the grass? <laughs> as to grass every time. Really. Full range of yes. Because you have to think about this as well, it, and it also depends on what you're doing. If you're doing it for aesthetic purposes only, you know, there might be some rationale there uh, because you're not going heavy in weight. You're really emphasizing on your movement and um, and developing that um, that uh, um, that key, you know, contraction, you know, mm -hmm. to for the the most beneficial growth of the muscle. Mm -hmm. uh, as an athlete, what you're concerned about is you know, that explosive repetitive motion, you know, for strength, you know, that strength development. Um, so uh, that range of motion that you have, if you're going ass to grass, you need to develop your strength from ass to grass because you're going to find yourself with your, you know, your heel to your butt uh, in, in movement of, you know, a lot of different positions, especially in jiu-jitsu. So you don't want to develop that strength from 45 up. You want to develop that strength from, you know, the most collapsed position that your leg can go, which is where you go ass to grass. And same thing if someone is, uh, for example, side mount um, or you go knee on belly and someone's trying to reverse, you know, and they grab underneath and they're, they're pulling and collapsing that leg. And that's how they're actually getting the, the whole sweep is by collapsing that. So if you can develop that strength, that's only more beneficial. You can break positions like that. Uh, that's a that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about uh, the benefit of that for for BJJ because for many years I've done more for the bodybuilding perspective, where you want to develop the muscle and, as you said, contraction and and really work more on the aesthetic side. Uh, but I fully agree for to carry on the strength and the explosion to jiu-jitsu as to grass makes more sense. It's just it's just really tough. For someone with the bad knees to do as you grass sometimes. Yeah, and it takes time as well. I mean, you got to develop the mobility in your hips to actually do so in, in your back. Um, the one key thing that I do, just well, I do every day actually, is, is the reverse hyper, and that's for your lower back. Um, that's been a key component, and, but it's not a very common um, tool that people have in their gym. Yeah, it's hard to find that one. It's really hard yeah. to find. Yeah, they I, they have one at Hidden Gin, which is in Allen, uh, and at Destination in in Allen as well. Uh, so the, the, when I go there, I always try to use that machine. All right, my friend, great conversation. Thanks a lot for your time. Uh, time went by really fast. We've been talking for almost like one hour, uh, so I truly appreciate great insights. Uh, I'm looking forward to to get back to the mat next week, and uh, hopefully uh, we do some Gucci comments together. Looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Appreciate it. Appreciate it.